You are listening to the Pimp Your Brilliance podcast, and this is episode number 57. Welcome to the Pimp Your Brilliance podcast with Monique Malcolm, a show about creative people leveraging their brilliance to create their own opportunities. I aim to show you what's really possible when you shut down the chorus of fear and lean into your genius zone. You can learn more about this show and subscribe for updates by visiting keepchasingthestars.com backslash podcast. Hey, Star Chasers. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Pimp Your Brilliance. If this is your first time here, I'm so glad to have you. I'm your host, Monique Malcolm, and the Pimp Your Brilliance podcast is a show for side hustlers and creative entrepreneurs who want to turn their ideas into income and crush their goals. And we do that every single week with inspiring interviews with amazing entrepreneurs, as well as solo shows like we're doing today, where I just share strategies, tips, and bits of my own journey. Now, before we get into today's episode, I want to let you know about an upcoming challenge that I'm going to be hosting. It's the Plan Your Productive Week Challenge. Join this challenge to learn my simple system for planning a productive week every single week and a few hacks to help you follow through so that you can start executing your ideas quickly. Because you and I both know it doesn't matter how well you plan if you don't actually take any action. And so I'm hoping that this challenge will help bridge that gap for you and you'll start following through on all of these amazing ideas and plans that you have. The challenge is going to start April 15th. So to register, you can visit keepchasingthestars.com backslash productive. Again, keepchasingthestars.com backslash productive. Also check the show notes because there's probably a link there as well. All right, now that we've gotten that out of the way, let's jump into today's episode. So you may remember that a few weeks back, I had a community survey out, a listener survey, and I was asking a bunch of questions. And in the end, I left space for you guys to ask me some questions, some of the things that you want to know, some of the topics that you would like to be covered. And today is the first listener Q&A that features questions from that survey. So I think I have four or five questions. So it's not just one question, and they all fit the theme of productivity managing and organizing your time and procrastination, which I think were really big themes that I saw throughout this survey as a whole. A lot of you have questions about procrastination, managing yourself and organizing your time better. And a lot of you are really stuck on this. How can I be more productive? So I'm hoping that some of these questions are helpful to you. And if you have questions that you want to ask that you didn't include in the survey, maybe you didn't do it, or you didn't have a question at that time, I would love to answer your questions on air. So you can send those questions to hello at keepchasingthestars.com. That's my email address. So send your questions here. But without any more hesitation, let's dive into these questions. So here is the first question that I have. Someone wrote, I work alone from home and I struggle with procrastination, especially to start my personal projects Do you have any tips to deal with dreadful procrastination? And yes, yes, I do have some tips. Back in January, I hosted this procrastination detox challenge and there were, I shared five of the most common procrastination triggers because the whole thing about procrastination is that it's actually a habit. It's a bad habit and all habits sort of follow what's called the habit loop. So a habit consists of three parts. It consists of a trigger, an action, and a reward. 
And when we're talking about procrastination, it's the trigger. So whatever triggered you to start procrastinating, and I'll talk about what those triggers are, but it's more of work avoidance. So it's like a trigger, the avoidance activity that you do to ease that tension that the trigger caused. And then there's a reward and the reward really is like the relief or the stress relief because you're not doing that thing that's causing you that stress. So I I laid out five of the most common procrastination triggers that I see people struggle with. And those are things like fear of failure, skills deficiency, perfectionism, overwhelm, and a lack of motivation. Now there are others, but these are the five ones that I normally see pop up all the time. And each one of these causes some type of discomfort. So the reason I bring that up is because if you can figure out what's triggering your procrastination, chances are you can figure out how you need to interrupt that habit loop. So if it's a fear of failure or maybe perfectionism, maybe you can't start your product, your products because you feel like it has to be perfect. Well, now you need to figure out what can you do for yourself that's going to help eliminate that need for perfection. So one strategy that I learned, and this was courtesy of Alexandra Franzen, who was a previous guest on the show, she talked about creating a checklist for herself when it came to like writing an email and she would make a list of here's all the things that need to happen for an email to be successful. And then she would go through and make sure she she checked everything off the list. And if everything was checked off, she would hit send and not linger over it because she did it to the best of her ability. So you can think of something like that. If it is fear of failure, you need to think about like the fact that avoiding doing the work is only increasing the likelihood of failure because you're going to be in a rush and you're not giving enough time to do this thing. So instead of worrying about failure, what about just worrying about taking the next step? It can be a range of things, but that is one suggestion on a more practical, less intense, um, (laughs) less involved bit of tips. Uh, Some other things that I personally use so that I don't procrastinate when it's time to get started in the morning when I do work, because I do work from home and I, I understand how easy it is to get distracted. One of the big things is planning the night before. If you take a few minutes at the end of your day to plan two to three things that you're going to accomplish the night before and give yourself somewhat of a rough timeline, it's a lot easier to get started when you get to your desk because you know what needs to get done. It eliminates that buffer time where you sit at your desk and you check your email and you look on all the social networks as you try to figure out like, what do I need to do today? Let's skip that. Get to your desk already knowing what needs to be done that day and a timeline for when you need to get started. My next tip is create a getting started routine for yourself because I say this all the time and it applies in so many things. The hardest part is getting started. Once you get started, it's easy to build that momentum and that motivation to continue working because you see progress and there's forward motion, but that doesn't happen right off bat. So if you create a getting started routine, what do you need to do to feel ready to start your work? Or if you don't even want to think about what do you need to get to feel ready, what do you need to do to motivate yourself to start right away? For me, one of the things that I do 
is I use the Pomodoro method and the Pomodoro timer, which I talk about the Pomodoro method all the time. But when I get to my desk, I have to get myself on track right away or else I will fall down the rabbit hole. So some of the things that I do to help with that is to use an internet blocking app. I block things like my email. I block access to all the social networks. I block access to Yahoo front page. Anything that's going to distract me that I will scroll through and lose track of time, I block those. So if I get to the computer and I'm ready to get started, I turn that on right away. Now I have no more access to distracting things. So that helps. And then I know what I'm supposed to be doing. So I just start the Pomodoro timer because it's 25 minutes and that time moves fast and I don't want to waste any time. So it's, that's a signal for me to start focusing on my work. The timer is counting down. I usually have on some type of focus music or playlist and I get started. So whatever you need to do to help you get focused and in the zone, that needs to be a part of your getting started routine. And you need to activate that. You need to know what time your start time is and you need to activate your getting started routine at that time so that you just get start going forward. My last tip is to put your phone in another room. <laughs> and this it's so basic, but every time I pass my phone or every time I glance at my phone sitting on my desk, I'm tempted to touch it. I'm tempted to pick it up. So if I just put it in another room or I put it across the room, if I put it out of sight, that just eliminates that desire to pick up the phone and scroll through things. And the funny thing is I don't even have a lot of apps on my phone I only have Instagram and I'm constantly deleting that. So I don't know what I'm picking up my phone to look at. It's just a force of habit. So those are my thoughts on ways you can deal with dreadful procrastination. One other tip that I think is really useful, and this is a bonus one. I took notes, but I didn't write this one down. Um, figure out, find somebody who can keep you accountable or someplace that you can check in and let people know what you're going to do. Because one thing that's really useful, and I do this with my accountability buddies, is when I'm distracted and I really, really need to get something done and it just seems like I can't focus and I'm procrastinating, I say, okay, I need to spend the next hour writing this email. I'm going to check in with you in an hour and let you know my progress. And then we sign off. I do the whatever the thing was. I write the email. And then at the end of the hour, somebody checks back in or I check back in and say like, did I finish it? What was my progress? And that's really, really useful. So if you can build some type of accountability in there somewhere, do it. It's helpful. So those are my tips for procrastination, dealing with dreadful procrastination. Second question is, what have you found that helps you manage your time most efficiently? <laughs> Honestly, it's the most cliche thing it really just boils down to the basics. It's nothing fancy and it's probably stuff that you've already heard, but the most, the best thing that I can do to help me be more efficient with my time is create a schedule. And I know people don't like to hear that, but I don't harp on planning and scheduling for no reason. It really works. We just don't like to do it because it's inconvenient and it feels frivolous and it takes up time, but I can flow through the day so much better when there's a schedule in place, when I know what needs to be happening. When I don't have those things in place, 
I'm all over the place. I'm peeing all over the place. My mind is all over the place. The ideas are all over the place. My focus is all over the place. Nothing is working the way that I need it to be. So creating a schedule for yourself, I think, is one of the best things you can do if you're trying to get a really good handle on yourself. The other things I think are really helpful for me is having a realistic understanding of my time, like how much time I have in the day to work on things and how long something is going to take. And then I combine that with the Pomodoro method, which I mentioned a little bit ago, because it just helps me focus in for a set period of time while allowing me time to take structured breaks. And I I think a lot of us think we don't need structure and we want to be free spirited and la 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 la. But I promise you that doesn't work. It doesn't work for the majority of us. We actually need a bit more structure to keep ourselves on track. Take today, for example, I'm recording this podcast now, but I know that this podcast needed to be recorded before noon because I have an interview at 1230. I have a meeting at three. And between that interview and that meeting, I have to go pick up my son from school. So I know that once I get past noon, the day is going to be crazy and I'm not going to get any more meaningful work done outside of those appointments. So I know that for today, I have like this two to three hour window in the morning time to get any really, really big things done before noon. And if I miss that window of opportunity, today is going to be a wash. It's not going to happen. So I think having that realistic understanding of here are the big rocks in my day. Here are the boulders in my day. These boulders can't move. My interview can't move. The meeting, it can't move. So I have to work around those things and fit in my work as I can. So for the first half of the day, I'm going to focus on big time intensive tasks that I need to be focused on. I need to get out of the way. During that little buffer period between when I have the interview, picking up my son in the meeting, I can do other things like check and respond to emails or do a little bit of updating on my accounting, the things that aren't going to require me a lot of mental energy and I can just kind of flow through. And if I have to stop, I can stop and it's fine. So I think those things are what help me manage my time and myself most efficiently. To recap, creating a schedule and then being really realistic about my time and how long something is going to take me. And then using the Pomodoro method to keep me on task during that time block that I have that's available for work. Next question is, how do you approach organizing your time so all or most areas of your life have balance? (laughs) When I read this question, it made me think about something that... I heard Joy Cho of Oh Joy. She is a lifestyle blogger and a designer. She's designed for like Target and all of these really cool places. She she is like the blogger goals. But anyway, I saw her speak at Alt Summit a few years ago. And I remember her saying that people always ask her about balance. And she said that there is no balance. It's more like juggling. And if you think about how juggling works, You have your hand on, you know, maybe one or two of the balls and the other ones are up in the air and you just kind of, they flow along, you move them along. 
And that I think that visual and that analogy is really representative of how I think a lot of us have to organize our time with all of the different things we have going on in our life. But I, I kind of like to think about it. Obviously, balance doesn't work because everything is not going to be, you know, on, on the same level across the board, truly balanced all the time. But I like to think of my time as like, do I feel like this feels in alignment for my life? And to figure that out or to answer that question has really involved a lot of prioritization. That has meant me taking a really hard look at everything that I have going on and being selective and realistic about what I can actually do. Because the reality is I can't do everything and I can't be everything to everyone at the same time. And I have tried to do this and it doesn't work. It just ends up leaving me feeling very overwhelmed, very frustrated and very drained. So you can't get it all done at once and everyone can't get my attention right now. So I've had to learn how to choose what's going to get my attention and what's really important. And that has been uncomfortable. People, family members, friends have felt slighted. (laughs) I've had to say no to projects or put projects on the back burner. Even when I thought they were really, really good ideas, I had to press pause on it. And that can be really uncomfortable to do that. But the beautiful thing is that priorities can shift and they can be changed at any time. And since this is a juggling act, we can move them around fairly quickly for the most part. But I think I really try to approach organizing my time so that I can do the best work that I can with the resources and the reality of my life right now. So I think that when you are thinking about how am I going to prioritize my time and and how am I going to fit it all in, I think one of the most important things is to be realistic about what your life involves and and not necessarily, I can give you these tips and you can hear what I'm saying, but I don't know what your life entails versus you don't know what my life entails. So for me, I am married. I have a teenage son. I work from home for myself. So there's flexibility there, but there's not a whole lot of, you know, I have a teenage son, he's in high school. I'm realizing I have to be a bit more hands-on with him now that we are in this final stage of his education, which means trying to help him with homework and talk about high schooly things that he wants to talk about. And then also, you know, trying to do my part to make sure that I can help my kid get to the next level because he wants to go to college which means thinking about college prep and things like that. So I can't spend all of my time working. There was a time where I felt like I had more time in the evenings to work because I could play with my kid and kind of just go away. But And it's not like he eats up all this time, but there is a certain amount of time that I have to spend helping with matters that are happening in his life right now. So I, I say that to say that These things that you have in your life, it could be things like you have a really demanding job or you work the night shift. Those are cornerstone things in your life and you have to build your priorities around them. So I think when it comes to organizing your time, you really have to think about what your priorities are and what the realities of your life are. 
If you are single and you don't have any kids, great. Then you probably have a bit more bandwidth to do other things because you don't have other people relying on your time or relying on you for dinner. (laughs) But if you're married and you have kids, and particularly if you have multiple kids, because I just have one, uh, there's more demands. So I think it's being realistic about what you can do. A prime example of this, and I think I've shared this before and I'm sharing it again. Hope you don't mind, Siobhan. I was talking to Siobhan, who is one of my biz besties and she's my accountability buddy. And we were talking about her schedule and she was saying how she didn't feel she was getting enough things done. And on particular days of the week too, I think it was Tuesdays and Thursdays. She just felt like those days were not productive. She was spinning her wheels. But Siobhan also is a business owner like myself. She works from home, but she also homeschools her kids. And Tuesdays and Thursdays are her main homeschool days where she, I think she works with a homeschool co-op. So Tuesdays and Thursdays, from what I understand, are like the days that she is very hands-on with the homeschool process and has to take the kids to field trips and different things like that. But anyway, I asked her, I was like, why do you even choose to work on those days? Why don't you find a schedule that works for you and the realities of your life? Like build more working time on the days where you don't have to be so hands-on with your kids and leave those hands-on days, do emails those days or write Instagram captions, like do something that doesn't, it's not very time intensive. And when I told her that she was like, I, I, I know this inherently, but hearing you say it like that, she was like really put it into perspective that I need to build a schedule that better reflects the realities of my life. And I think that that is key. It's really cool to hear time management tips and tips and tricks from people who we look up to or who we think are successful or who are further along, but we also don't know all the circumstances in their lives. So I can't take tips from someone. I I can listen, but I can't use all of their tips and build my, my life schedule on tips from somebody who doesn't have a husband and a child. Their life looks different from mine after hours. So it's not going to do me any good to try to follow a schedule that works for them when they don't have the same type of responsibilities that I have. So this is (laughs) long-winded, but my point is, I think that the best approach here when you're trying to figure out how to fit it all in or how to juggle the things is really just thinking about what, what are your priorities right now? What things do you want to move the needle on the most? And that, and for those things that you find as priorities, those are things that you have to fight to reflect most of your time or as much time as you can give it. For example, one of the things that I really want to do this year is write a book. And I am currently writing a proposal slash talking with people who I know who have written books and getting a feel for it and Eventually, I'll be looking for a book agent, a literary agent to represent my book. Well, a conversation I had with Siobhan when I was thinking about doing this six-month mastermind, she was like, you might want to put pause on that because she was like, how are you going to have time to write your book, host this mastermind, and do some of the travel that you've already committed to this year? And when I started looking at the timeline and putting all the dates down on the calendar, I realized I don't have time. Like there's all of that can't fit in. 
So I had to take some steps back and just say, like, maybe this long mastermind is not going to work because you don't have six months where you can be super duper hands on with people while at the same time trying to write this book and travel and speak and do some of these other things. And then the second half of the year is really busy because it's planner season. It's back to school. Like there's a lot of things. So that this is one of those things that has to be put on the back burner for another time and a better time in order to give the book more priority time. So I hope that this answer was helpful. I know it was long, but I think your, your biggest, your best bet here is prioritization, figuring out what your priorities are, um, your family, your work priorities, your personal projects, whatever, like what are the things that you really, really, really want to see brought to life this year or, the balls to start rolling for this year. And those are the things that you move to the front and other less important things, move those things to the back, put them on hold. Okay, next question. There is a lot of research out there about morning routines, some about nightly routines as well, that makes the argument that most successful people in life are pros at hacking their mornings. What's your morning routine and or do you think a morning routine is crucial to having the success that you desire? Ooh. <laughs> okay, so to answer your question, yes, I do think that having a morning routine is crucial to your success. And here's why. For me personally, I have found that having a solid routine is really a key factor in how accomplished I feel on a daily basis. And when I am operating at a really high level, it's because I'm getting my day started off properly and I'm flowing through the day. So I think I can definitely see a correlation between having a really great start to your day and one, your feelings of success, because I think that's a, a really big, important part. It's not just about what success looks like outwardly for other people. It's how you feel and if you feel successful. And then I think it also has a really, it's a really good indicator on some of those outward success indicators. You're going to have, you know, probably you're going to create more, you're going to get more things done, you're going to have better sales because your morning routine, if you create a good morning routine, it starts your day kind of in a flow and then that momentum flows into the rest of your day. But here's the rub <laughs> right now. Uh, my morning routine is kind of in flux. I've had some disrupt some disruptions with my morning routine because my morning routine for the longest, for the past year really, has really centered on exercise and going to the gym first thing. But it's been, my gym closed and I recently joined another gym. And so I'm trying to find a new flow because the schedule is different. And so it's, it's, um, it's a little convoluted and I'm trying to find a better path forward. And I think for me, this is going to mean I need to simplify some things and make some adjustments a bit, but I haven't figured out like what definitively those are. So I'm still feeling it out a bit, but here's kind of a look at what my morning routine is right now. And then I'll, I'll share with you some places I think I could make some adjustments so that this fits better. Previously, 
I was going to the gym at five o'clock in the morning and then we would come home. My husband and I would come home. Um, they would get, my husband would get ready for work. By then my son would be up. I would drop him to school, come home, shower, and then eat breakfast and then get into my day. But now my gym doesn't, my gym is open at five, but the classes that I want to take and the reasons I joined the gym don't start that early. So that's the problem. So right now I'm waking up between 5.30 and 6. My son is up at 6. So the goal most days is to try to beat him awake, which is why 5.30 is the start time so that I can have a few minutes to myself and it's just quiet in the house. But my morning routine consists of reading at least one chapter of a book, doing some short journaling, and I have a little journaling template that I type up into day one, which is a little, a really simplistic um, journaling app. And it's things like daily gratitude, affirmation. And then I ask myself three qu- three key questions, which are, what did I do yesterday to help me meet my goal? What will I do today to meet my goal? And do I see any obstacles preventing me from meeting the goal? <laughs> and I ask these questions every morning and I fill them out in a little journal. And then after I get that done, I review my plans for the day to see what I have scheduled. So anything that has come up overnight, um, I just try to see like what is scheduled. I mean, what's it, what is scheduled for the day? And then I usually have just a few minutes left. So at that point, I'll check in with Star Chasers United and probably my email. Then I need to drop my son to school, at which point I go to, I come back home, change for the gym. I hit the gym for an hour, come home, shower, eat, and then I get my day started, which I start the day with doing 10 minutes of meditation through Headspace and then whatever the first task is. So you see how long and convoluted that is? It doesn't, it doesn't have as great of a flow as I would like, ideally, I would like to go to the gym and get all the gym stuff done. So that way, when I come back home from dropping my son, I can shower, eat, and then get through the the basics of my morning routine and get the day started. So it's very choppy right now, which I don't love. And it doesn't give me a good flow. So I'm like I said, I'm still playing around with this to see what's going to work best. Honestly, I think the sacrifice may have to be that I continue going to the gym at five o'clock in the morning and try to catch the spin classes in the evening versus trying to take them in the morning. Because then I could just go back to having that nice flow to my day after I pick up my son. But we'll see. I'm still, as I said, I'm still testing things out and, and seeing how it all works. But that's that's the way that it's happening right now. <laughs> and I, I don't like to go to the gym in the evening just because I feel so much better when I get that out of the way, when it's done. And like every morning I can start the day with that big, huge task. Like I worked out today, checked off my list. That makes me feel really great and really accomplished. It's a lot, it's a much bigger chore to have to force myself to go to the gym after the day is over. So anyway, all that to say, um, Yes, I do think that having a morning routine is crucial. And if you're if you are thinking about creating a morning routine, I think um, 
There's a lot of books out about morning routines, The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. There's there's tons of them. And they all sound great in theory and practice, but they don't all work for everybody. And I think that you need to find a morning routine that works for you. And that includes the things that you want to do. Like for me personally, I don't want to meditate first thing in the morning because I'm going to fall back to sleep. I, I meditate and I keep trying, but I am one of those people who occasionally dozes off. I'm more prone to do that if I'm trying to meditate as soon as I wake up. I much rather kind of get the juices flowing and get some of my day together and then meditate right before I start my day to just kind of calm and clear my mind. But when you read some of these miracle morning routines, it's like, oh, it's a seven step process and meditations like right at the beginning. No, I don't want to do that. So kind of think of the things that you want to do and build those into your routine. If you want a little bit of quiet time in the morning, then reverse engineer to figure out what time you need to wake up to avoid having everyone in your house awake when you get your day started. It's all, I think all of this just comes back to what works for you and what do you want to include? I include reading a book because I have a really, really difficult time reading business books. I find them to be kind of dry. (laughs) So the way that I get around that is if I just force myself to read one chapter and take notes on one chapter, the chapters are usually not that long and I can get through that and it helps me read more business books. So build your routine around whatever feels best for you and whatever you feel like you need to get your day in a flow. I think that's really, really key, especially if you have a job that is draining or demanding. How can you set yourself up for success before you even get to your desk? All right. Final question is, what were the top three things you did to get out of your own way? So there's that bonus question that didn't quite fit the theme, but I thought that this was a really good question and I wanted to answer it. Okay. So I think... The first thing is I made the decision to start. And that sounds like a really basic cop-out answer, but I said this before, getting started is the hardest part. It's the hardest part getting your day started. When you have a new idea, it's hardest to start. When you want to take a risk, it's hardest to start. Starting is hard. I think when you make the conscious decision to start, that is a big move. You're telling yourself, you're telling your subconscious, you're telling the universe, you're telling people, I'm going to do this. And so you start and it doesn't have to be a huge start. It doesn't have to be fireworks and the earth shaking and moving, cowering because you started. It can just be something small. But I think the key is really making a conscious decision and a real decision to start and then starting. The second thing that I did to get out of my own way was focusing on just one thing at a time and really just focusing on the next step. I talk about fear a lot when I talk about fear in my fear guide. I talk about some, one of the things is um, trying to skip ahead to step number 10 when you are on step number one. So it's like if you were to put together a piece of furniture from Ikea, and if you've ever done that, 
you know how crazy those instructions are. You cannot skip ahead to step 10. You have to go from step one, two, three. You have to go in order and pay attention (laughs) because if not, you will put your bookshelf together wrong. But what I have found is when we, our minds are in our way, when we want to do something, but we're holding ourselves back, we start focusing on all of these other things, or we try to focus on steps further along down the line. Honestly, if you're on step one, you just need to stay and complete step one. You don't need to be thinking beyond step two. Maybe you can be anticipating what you need to do for step two, but you can't be thinking beyond step number one. You need to focus on step number one and get step number one done. It's a really big issue when you start thinking too far down the line because then you start to become overwhelmed. You start feeling afraid that you don't know what you're doing or how to do that. All of these things, all of these issues in your mind arise that make you feel like you can't do it. And that is how you get in your way. So instead of focusing or letting all of those issues pop up, why are you worried about those? They're not things that you need to complete right now to move on to the next step. So instead of thinking about step number 20, just do step number one. Worry about whatever is coming up with step number one. And once that is done, then you move on to step number two and you work on the issues and things that have come up because of step number two. Don't worry about step number one. I'm sorry, don't worry about step number 10. Just worry about step number one and then getting to your next step. So that's my second thing, focusing on one thing at a time and particularly the next step. My third thing is making the decision to try every day. I don't have all the answers to everything. A lot of things don't work. A lot of things fail. Uh... A lot of things are still scary. A lot of things are still not figured out (laughs) and not, you know, working as well as I want them to, but that doesn't stop me from trying. And I decide every single morning that I'm going to try. And sometimes when I try, I'm rewarded with wonderful windfalls or great opportunities. Things happen. And some days I try and it all goes to shit. And I'm just like, oh, I don't even want to do this. (laughs) Like, can I just stop? But I don't. I continue to fail forward when those things fail. Um, And I just make the decision every day that I'm going to continue to try. I'm going to make the effort. I'm going to try to figure out how I can do it. I'm going to try to figure out how I can make this easier. I'm going to try to figure out how to make this work. And I think that is the biggest thing is getting out of your own way really involves you consciously deciding that you can do it and that no matter what, you're going to continue to try doing it. And sometimes you can pivot. Sometimes you realize, you know, this is not quite the right path and you change directions a bit, but you don't just throw in the towel. So those are my top three things, making the decision to start, focusing on the next step or focusing only on the next step and then making the decision to try every day. So that's it. I hope that these questions and these answers were helpful and useful to you. Uh, If they were, I would love to hear about it. You can tag me on Instagram. I'm at star chasers only. Let me know which of these questions was your favorite. 
Did any of these tips really help you? I would love to know that. If you have not already, I would love if you would review the show in iTunes. If you're on iPhone, if you go down, if you're in your podcast app, you have searched Pimp Your Brilliance in your app. If you scroll all the way down, you'll see the review section and there is a place where you can click a button that says leave a review. Leave your own review right in there. I would love, and I a text review because you can re, you can rate by just doing stars, but that doesn't tell me what you know, what you like about the show. So I would love to know. So please do that. Also, if you want me to answer questions of yours, if you have specific things that you'd like to know, again, my email is hello at keepchasingthestars.com. Let me know what your questions are. And that's it, party people. This episode is done. So until next week, go out there and pimp your brilliance. Uh-huh.